I've been starting the show every day um, as I'm filling in for John on uh, dark and early just after five with a joke. Here's one for you. 25 counselors and a mayor walk into a city council. Okay, you'll have to provide your own punchline because the mayor's going to be serious. Uh, mayor Tory, good morning. Why the long face? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, because you're talking about a parking levy. That's why. <laughs> Well, look, um, here's the here's the deal. I mean, the real need, Jerry, is for there to be. And it's not I know you'll argue in, in some days with justification that the real problem is, is too much spending. And I think we just have a constant sort of war to, to, to find ways to be more efficient. But the bottom line is that cities are called upon day after day after day to do more. And it's sensible they should be because they're local. You know, we know the neighborhoods and the people in the neighborhoods better than anybody else. And increasingly, that has to do with with all called social programs and property taxes, which is the main revenues that we have. And the only things we can use to raise money are just not adequate to raise the money. So the responsibility should rest on the other governments to be helping us with housing uh, refugees with uh, mental health uh, problems that we face. They're not doing that. So the first obligation we have is to look at the uh, the taxing powers that we have under the City of Toronto Act, which include and have for quite a few years a parking levy and see if those actually will raise money. Are they more of a hassle than they are in terms of administrative costs to, to raise the money? So that's what this report is doing. It's looking at these tools. There's, there's a tax that we're allowed to, to uh, levy, for example, on alcohol. And when I went to the province a number of years ago and said, okay, if we put a dollar in every bottle of wine and every bottle of booze that people buy, would that be okay? And they said, no, because uh, it will have two-tier pricing and we just don't want to do that. So it it meant that the tool that was in the act that we could use, alcohol tax, we actually couldn't use because there's no way we're going to set up a whole administration to collect money on, on alcohol. So that's what we're doing is updating that information. But the real issue is we have a serious financial problem, paying for all the things we're expected to do, oftentimes on behalf of the other governments, uh, because we're local and we're the best ones to do it, but they should just help us more because they uh, they have tools like income tax and sales tax. Okay, but then the province helps you, and then they go to the feds and say, look, we need some help here, and then the feds go ultimately to the source that gets tapped all the time, and that's the taxpayers. And I, I disagree with you that your first obligation is to find revenue tools. Your first obligation is to right-size government. When you were the CEO of Rogers, did you ever call managers in and say you're going to have to downsize your department? And we're not going to argue about it. No, but all the time. And that's the first thing I started off saying, Jerry, which is the first thing we try to do is to, to save money. But at the end of the day, and find more efficient ways to do things. But again, and then you and I have had some legendary chats about this over the years when we used to sit together when I was preparing to do my show on that very station. We have a fundamental question to we have to answer every single day, which is, do you leave people who are without a home experiencing homelessness? Just do you leave them on the street and say, oh, sorry, we don't have enough money to look after you today. Uh, Do we leave people who are suffering from terrible mental health crises um, and that find themselves on the transit system? Do we just say, well, uh, you know, sort of that's really too bad. Uh, We're just we're not dealing with that today because we're out of money. And so that that's really the issue at the end of the day. And when you talk about the other governments, I understand there is only one taxpayer. But are we going to look after basic problems that we have or provide basic services to people or not? And, and yes, we can be on a constant, as I said from the outset this morning, constant crusade to find more efficient ways to do things. And I could name you examples where we're doing that. But at the same time, the cost of providing these basic services is the cost. We are sheltering 8,000 people a night. Uh, the cost of that to the taxpayers in an overall sense this year, I think it's going to be about $600 million. So, uh, 
Well, you know, I mean, be, I, I guess I guess it's going to have to be bad news for some city workers. Then, sorry, uh, we're, we got to help the homeless people, and maybe now you're going to become one of them because we got too many of you. Well, no, but Jerry, yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of those very same. Uh, the, the thing about city services uh, compared to the other governments is you can see what people are doing. You can see the people going by your door collecting the solid waste. You can see the police officers, the bus drivers, the people who are working in the homeless shelters. You you know who they are, and so when you say lay them off, I mean, okay, we could lay off people who collect the garbage. We could lay off people who are police officers. We could lay off TTC workers. But you see, that's the basic services we have to provide. There is no option of saying. Let's do that digitally. You can't collect solid waste digitally. You can't drive a bus, at least at the moment, uh, using a, a computer. It's a person who does that. And most of the people who work for us are people who provide frontline services to you every day and to people who live in the city. That's what they do. You know, and I know, and everybody listening to me knows, that anytime you talk to anybody who has worked in government, they'll tell you the legendary stories of the guy who does nothing. Um, and, and you know that's true. I, I do, and, and that is true in every big organization, by the way, and you mentioned this, in, including corporations where there are people... Most of us. Yeah, but you know what? Even after... Look, I ran a big company, Jerry, as you know, and even after you lay off people and, you know, digitize things and so forth, there are still people who are hidden away in the company somewhere that, that nobody realized their job kind of, you know, became obsolete a number of years ago or that they found a way to not do much. And that is a, you know, constant search that you have to find out where those people are. And it's not about the people, really. It's about trying to find better ways to do things. But I will tell you, I come back to my point. The people that you see, the majority, the vast majority working for municipal government are people you see doing their jobs. You see them, you know, driving a bus and they're either driving the bus or they're not. I mean, they're not, you know, sort of slacking off, sleeping in some corner, hoping nobody will find them. Uh, same with police officers, firefighters, people picking up solid waste, people running the water plant. These are people that show up to work every day. And that's why the water turns on every morning. It's why when you flush the toilet, it goes away. And nobody ever worries about where that stuff goes. Guess what? That's city employees that work for you and they do a great job. And sure, are there some who you know, maybe aren't doing as much anymore. Yes. And, and are you trying to find ways to deal with those areas better? But most of them are frontline workers doing stuff locally. You can see it with your own eyes. Well, yeah. I mean, I've said many times, I think the water department should run the city because they're the most reliable department you've got. I remember. Uh, okay. You'll remember this conversation one day that I was coming to visit you on your birthday and I went by a big sign in your neighborhood saying city of Toronto working on some water thing or sewage thing or park thing. Yeah. And I said, Jerry, go around the corner when you talk about government spending and look at that sign in your neighborhood. And that's where the money's being spent on fixing your park or whatever it was. And, you know, this is stuff people can see. And I'm not saying we don't have to work at this. I am saying we have to pay for it. And my main point is to say, knowing there's only one taxpayer, that you have to have the support of the other governments when it comes to dealing with different aspects of homelessness or things like that, because we deal with it and they should be helping us. And, and to some extent they are, but just not enough. And that's why we have to look at these so-called revenue tools. And it's just getting a report, though. There is no tax to be levied at the moment. We're just looking at which ones are viable and which ones aren't, because there's a great kind of movement to say this parking levy is the answer to all problems, which uh, I don't necessarily think it is, but we got to get the facts before we do anything else. All right. Now, if you were talking to the provincial government for revenue, would you also talk to them about, could we just get on with it at Osgood Hall for Pete's sake? I mean, that's that's going to cost us money, as Brian Lilly was reporting. It's not your fault. This is a provincial thing. Maybe Carolyn Maroney needs to step up. That's a frustrating situation with it all being held up by a few lawyers who are in love with a couple of trees. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll say this to you that Metrolinks, uh, which is an organization charged with the important responsibility, which I fully support of getting on with building the Ontario line, is not the best when it comes to sitting down with community members and actually sort of at least listening to what people have to say about various things. Um, and then you've got the other side of this, which is very performative, where people go and sort of chain themselves to a tree. And and the fact is that the, it's some of the very same people who would argue strenuously and correctly about greenhouse gas emissions and about the need to have more transit so people don't have to drive their car who are there saying, well, when you're actually building the transit, somebody made the point the other day, and it's not to say you don't want to protect trees whenever you can. The entire city used to be covered with trees at one point in time. And I'm not saying, and we've done a pretty good job in Toronto of keeping trees all over the city, and we should keep doing that. But there are going to be times where, you know, you have to sort of move forward to build this transit. And, And we had an objective study commissioned by an expert because we were concerned. I was concerned. I am concerned about about the trees and about them digging up Osgoode Hall, one of our most beautiful downtown heritage sites. And the study came back from an objective expert saying that was the right place to put the train station and let's sit down together and minimize the damage that's done. And that's the part where I fault Metro Lakes a little bit, more than a little bit, which is that they haven't necessarily taken the time just to sit with people, including people like me, who are concerned about heritage and even about trees and saying, all right, we'll find the very, very best way to do this that is respectful of that heritage. But nonetheless, we got to build the subway. So uh, I think there's sort of fault to go around here uh, and uh, we got to build the subway. And uh, but they should be more respectful of, uh, of the community. Toronto Mayor John Tory, thanks very much. Thanks, Jerry.